0: church family thank you for being a part of baptism this isn't something that i do it's not something the pastor or priest does this is something the church family does which is why we 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 don't enjoy doing we don't we don't like to promote doing baptisms in private baptism is an entire church exercise it is a celebration of the entire church and every one of you has a part in what we just witnessed every one of us has a part and reaching out to our neighbors and serving our community so that they want to be a part of what the church does. And by the way, our next baptism opportunity is in October, so I wonder who is going to be in these waters in October because of the conversations that the Holy Spirit is causing you to have today. Well, hey, church family, in in June, we made a commitment to study the biblical book of 1 John. We, we wanted to take all summer to do that, three months to study five chapters of the book of John. And today is actually our last day. If you have been with us, I hope you've been reading along with us. I hope you've been studying with us. We have really been encouraged to go deep into first john not just for the sake of first john but to show us what we may do with every book of the bible we've even been encouraged to memorize chapter one of first john now if you are brand new with us today this is a really good week to be with us because here at the end of his letter john is going to summarize the major points that he has been making for the last four chapters and so today, if you are following along in your own Bible, we are in 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 through 21. We're going to dive right into it. The first major thing that John wants Christians for all of time to know is this, you have eternal life. If you are a Christian today, if you have accepted Jesus' free gift of salvation, you have eternal life. Verse 13 of chapter 5 says this, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. So if you are taking notes, I would encourage you to highlight the phrase, those who believe and eternal life if you have been with us you know that john here is writing specifically to christians when we're studying our bible it's very important to kind of work out right from the very beginning who that author is writing to because the audience and the original audience really helps frame what that author is trying to communicate and john here in first john is not writing to Every single person, it's not the gospel of John, which is written to everybody. First John is written specifically to who? Those who believe. To Christians, right? And John wants you, Christians, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life. And to be excited about that. And John wants you to know. Oh, that created a crazy echo when I did that. Hello? Chris, do you got that on audio? Let's not do that. I'm sorry. I sweat so much, guys. John wants us to be excited about eternal life. Check this out. John wants us to know that eternal life is not just a place. It's not just an existence. Eternal life is a person. Eternal life is a person. Going all the way back to chapter 1, verse 2. Here's what John writes. The life appeared. The life appeared. We have seen it and we testify to it and we, we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. So eternal life isn't just a place. It's not just a state of existence. Eternal life is Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ. So, let me ask you a question. When you think about eternity or maybe a little bit more specifically when you think about heaven, what comes to mind? What's heaven for you? You can just shout it. What's heaven for you? Shout it out. I'll be I'll wait all day. You got to you got to you got to say something funny. What's heaven to you? Peace. That's a good one. I want some funnier ones, like heaven for me is golfing all day. That'd be a nightmare for me. I hate golf. It is so difficult, golfing. Renee, what's heaven to you? Good food. I get, I'm on board with that one. That's good. That's good. No, hey, hey listen to this. I, I feel that in our popular culture... There are, there, there's this conception of heaven that, yes, heaven is just what we talked about. Heaven is what's heaven for me, right? Heaven is, is, is being on retirement all day or being at the lake all day or golfing or watching football all day, no matter what it is. But Christians, it's, it's kind of our job to realize that that's a huge misconception about heaven. When we use this phrase, well, heaven for me is... That's not right. That's a misconception. So Christians, we've got to know that heaven is not about us at all. You know who heaven is about? God. Heaven is all about God. Heaven is so much better than your preference. You know when we are actually physically in heaven, it's going to be so much better than watching football all day or golfing all day because heaven is about God. And In fact, eternal life is about fellowship with god that's what heaven is fellowship with god and if you are taking notes you might even write that in the margin of your bible now john said this right after he mentions eternal life at the beginning of the letter chapter 1 verse 3 says this we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you so that you may also have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I point this out because I, I want you to see, those of you who are kind of really studying and paying attention to this, how the end of John's letter mirrors the beginning of the letter, but even more than that, What John wants you and I to know is that eternal life is about having fellowship with God. Now, keep in mind who John is writing to. He's writing to Christians. If you are with us today and you are new with us, if you are with us today and you're not a Christian, you are welcome here. And I want to acknowledge that when you hear that eternal life is about eternal fellowship with God, that may not excite you. Because maybe for you, fellowship with God isn't the best thing ever. Stick with us. If you're not yet a Christian, stick with us. Because something that Christians know, or something that Christians hopefully know, is that fellowship with God is the best thing ever. I mean, Christians, come on. We have God's guidance. We have a direct line to the God of the universe through prayer. God is the source of everything good and holy and peace-filled and joy-filled. And so, yes, God is the best thing with ever, and God, fellowship with God is the best thing ever. But sometimes Christians need a reminder, which is exactly what John is writing to us. John wants you and I to know that the Christian faith is, is about fellowship. The Christian faith is about fellowship. Now Satan, Satan loves isolation. <laughs> our culture loves division, loves segmentation. We have a midterm election coming up in November. Does our culture love division and segmentation? Yes it does. Our God does not like division and segmentation. Our God loves Fellowship. Not only with God, but friends with each other. Jumping ahead to verse 16 and 17, here's what John writes. If you now stick with me, because there's gonna be something here that's gonna that's gonna trigger you, and we're gonna talk about it. But listen to this. If you see, if you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray. And God will give them life. Now I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying right now that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is a sin that does not lead to death. Okay, a little bit of confusion here. Let's clear this up because we have got to address this elephant in the room before we talk about how beautiful this verse is. So what is the sin that leads to death? What is the sin that leads to death? Mysterious, right? It's not mysterious at all. John's been talking about this throughout his whole letter. The sin that leads to eternal death is just simply the sin of not believing in Jesus Christ. That's it. There is one sin that will lead to our eternal death, and that is never accepting Jesus as our Savior and our Lord. Now, Christ, Christ's grace is available to every single person, but we do have to do, one, we have to do one thing to receive grace. Do you know what that thing is? We have to receive it. We have to say yes to it. That's the claim of Christianity. But John wants us to know that's not what he's talking about here. Now, is it good to pray for non-believers? Absolutely it is. Is it good to serve our non-believing neighbors? Absolutely it is. It's not only okay, it's essential for our faith that we serve our non-believing neighbors. But that's not who John is asking us to pray for in this instance. For those of you who have your Bibles open, is it clear to you who John is asking Christians to pray for? Who is it? Other Christians. John is imploring Christians to pray for Christians. If you're a Christian today, do you ever struggle with sin? Do you ever struggle with sin, Christians? No, I see people saying, no, I never struggle with sin. (laughs) Hey, listen, it is very important for us to say here during a worship service that every single Christian struggles with sin. Of course we do. You're not alone. What are you struggling with today? Is it anger? Is it greed? Is it lust? Is it addiction? What are you struggling with today? We are all struggling with something. Let me ask you a very important question that maybe you haven't thought about in a long time. Who is praying for you? Like directly, who is praying for you on a daily basis and specifically praying for your struggle? Do you have anybody in your life who you trust enough to share your sin and to pray for you? Christians, we better have an answer to that question. At least according to John, and, and I, I've, I've got to plug small groups now. I just have to. If, if, if you're a part of Charter Oak Church, if you are in this area, if you desire to continue on the path of discipleship, please be in a small group. Please be in a small group of Christians. do doesn't even have to be with Charter Oak Church. Be in a small group of Christians, no matter what your church family is. If you are interested in small groups with Charter Oak Church, you can just dip your toes in that water. You can experience for just three sessions small group life starting on September 15th. If you're interested in more information, please see us at our Connect table after the service today. Please get involved in small group life through our all church study happening in August or happening in September. And so, John's first major theme of this entire letter is, if you're a Christian, you have eternal life. The second theme is, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Verse 19, we know that we are children of God. My goodness, come on, church family, that turns a bad day into a good day john has brought up this topic roughly a dozen times in this letter most notably the beginning of chapter 3 where john said see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of god for those of you who are children of god do you know what that means it means your royalty It means you are royalty. What what you see in front of you is a statement about whose you are. Who do you belong to? Do you belong to God or do you belong to something else? Do you belong to God or do you belong to the way of this world? Because the two are mutually exclusive. Christians, by your words, by your actions, by your deeds, by your social media posts, do you belong to God? Are your words the words of heavenly royalty? (laughs) Because the spiritual forces of evil want to claim you. Do you know that? The spiritual forces of this world want to lay claim to you, want to lay claim to our children. But if you are a part of God's family, evil has no claim over you. In fact, the only way, the only way to escape the power of evil is to be claimed by God. It's what baptism is all about. When we baptized Ellie just a few minutes ago, I asked her, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Ellie said, yes, I do. Do you? Do you reject the way of the world? Do you reject The forces of evil in this world, can you say confidently that you are a child of God? Because that's John's purpose for writing. And he is so desperate for you and I to embrace this next truth. Verse 18, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe. Jesus keeps them safe. And the evil one cannot harm them. The evil one cannot harm them. This is a note that is so significant, perhaps in a way you don't even realize right now. If you are taking notes in your Bible, would you please highlight the evil one, Cannot harm them if you are not taking notes in your Bible Would you please tattoo this on your heart the evil one cannot harm you? If you are a child of God Ellie the evil one can't harm you He has no claim over you anymore. Why why is that the case? If you are a Christian if you know that you are a child of God, if you know that your destination is heaven, can I ask you a very important question? What is the worst thing that can happen to you? What is the worst thing that can happen to you today, tomorrow, or for the rest of your life if you know your destination is heaven? What can the evil things of this world do to you? Not a whole lot. The evil forces of this world can annoy you. They can make your life difficult and at times very difficult. But Christians, you know whose you are. And you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, right? Where you are going after you pass away from this short existence. Satan has a lot of slings and a lot of arrows they were all absorbed by jesus christ on the cross and so friends if you have been baptized today remember your baptism remember your baptism today and rejoice in your baptism because the evil one has no claim over you and what is the worst that can happen to you in this life if you are not yet a christian If you have not been baptized or you would like to joyfully remember your baptism, if you have been baptized, our next opportunity to do that will be in October. Let's wrap up this letter. One of the the joys of baptism on a day like this is I get to do this whenever I want because it's very hot. Hey, let's wrap up this letter. If you've been with us, this is 3 months of work, 3 months of studying every week and hopefully all throughout the week as you've been reading this offline. 5 chapters, 3 months of study. Here's what John wants to close with and wants you to know at the last. You know the truth. If you're a Christian, you know the truth. Verse 20 says this, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and He is eternal life. John uses the word truth three times in this one statement. And we have talked about this so many times this summer truth versus lies, truth versus less than truth. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? How many voices do you have in your life? How many people, how many things do you have in your life that are all competing for your attention? How many people do you have in your ear that all claim to know the truth? There are an infinite amount of voices in this world that are all saying that they have exclusive access to the truth again we have an election coming up in november there's gonna be a lot of people saying that they have exclusive rights to the truth i want to tell you today and it should be obvious that there are not seven billion sources of truth on this planet there is one source of truth i don't have it or i have it but it doesn't originate with me amen I'm not the source of truth. You're not the source of truth. If it comes from a human being, what is it? It's opinion. Think about this. The greatest human philosophy, the greatest, most ingenious human, human philosophy, it's all opinion. People's social media posts, every meme, every motivational poster, it is all Opinion. There is one source of truth. And John says this in chapter 2. I don't write to you because you don't know the truth. I write to you because you do know the truth. Now Christians, we're not the source of truth. But we do know it. And John's final and ultimate question to you is. Do you just know the truth? Or do you live it? Do you just know the truth or do you live it out in your life? One more sentence, one more statement to go after three months of study. Do you know how John closes this phenomenal, life-changing piece of art? John says this, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. The end. Is that a weird way to end the book? Like it's not the most profound thing. Like when I read scripture, I want the 1812 overture when I end, right? Is this the most profound way, the most inspirational way that John could have ended his letter? Oh, Christians, we have got to tattoo, we've got to burn this statement in our hearts. Keep yourselves from idols is perhaps the most profound way to end a letter like this. What is an idol? Not a carved piece of wood, not a painted rock. A lot of us think that that's what an idol is. No, 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 an idol is anything that we worship. An idol is anything that we worship. An idol is anything that we put ahead of God, anything that we get more excited about than God. So let's talk about idols for just one minute as we close out this message series. Do you need help identifying the idols in your life? What is it that you need more than God? Christians, what is it that you need more than God? What is it that you get excited about more than you get excited about God? Pastor Tim Keller says that an idol is something that is so central and essential to your life that should you lose it, your life would feel hardly worth living. So what's something in your life that if you lost it, it would devastate you? Do you want to name idols as we close today? Should we just name the idols that you are tempted by? Greed, lust, those pictures and videos on the internet, anger, sin of all kinds. In fact, wherever there is sin in your life, there is an idol behind it. Success, image, money, politics, What is the idol that you struggle with in your life? Are you brave enough to face your sin, Christians? One more time, John says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So Christians, are you brave enough? Are you brave enough to ask yourself the question, who do I belong to? Whose am I? Are you brave enough to ask yourself the question, do I believe in one source of truth or do I believe in my own truth? Are you brave enough to ask yourselves, who do I worship? Do I worship God or do I worship something else? Charter Oak Church family, what a cool three months this has been. Not temperature-wise. What a wonderful, beautiful three months this has been in studying God's Word with you. Taking a whole book of the Bible, five chapters over three months, and studying God's Word. I hope it has had a profound impact on your life. That's what the Gospel does. We can study every book of the Bible like you and I have studied First John this summer. If you're new with us today. And especially if you are not yet a Christian. And the very wise words of Ellie held, why not? If you're not a Christian today, what is preventing you? What is that one thing that is preventing you from making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life? Our next opportunity for baptism is at the end of of October. I know that there is somebody today who is going to be baptized in October. I know there are several people that are here today who are going to make the choice to either remember their baptism or to be baptized for the first time. Is it you? Are you ready to face your sin and are you ready to have your sin wiped away? Would you pray with me? Father God. We need you. We need your guidance. We need your cleansing love. Thank you, Father, for loving us, for guiding us, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Help those of us who are Christians to act like it, For those who are not Christians, Father God, may we become Christian by turning away from our sin and following the Son. Lord God, it is in your precious, precious Son, Jesus' name, we pray.